final hour. Here we go on a Tuesday. This is the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. And hour number three, as we jump into hour three head first, it's presented by Mop and Roofing. They got us covered, Oklahoma, locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing, serving all of Oklahoma, has been in business for over 35 years. 405-703-3843. So, it's time, as always, for the top five stories of the day. Top five stories of the day, presented by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Ah, yes, let's go. Let's go to Newcastle Casino, where they've got the best reels in the metro. Happy hour, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m., conveniently located off I-44. Exit 107, 14 table games, including blackjack. Three card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Backrat, NewcastleCasino.com. Well, uh, let's hope that we don't have an instant just like this, which uh, cost somebody, at least initially, uh, their job in suspension for a moment. Wait for it, perhaps. It's felt like this for the Orioles. Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two and the Orioles, once again, are back alone in first place. Yeah. So, apparently Kevin Brown has been suspended for that. That gets you suspended. There's got to be something else to I, I was looking back at the video. I thought I missed, like, part of the clip, and I just kept watching over and over. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand this. Well, just, as you... just talking about how bad the Orioles have been in series against the Rays in the past. That's, that's it. And... <laughs> So far as we know, I mean, that's why he was suspended. Kevin Brown, the uh, the Orioles broadcaster for, for just that. And it's gotten some reaction, as you might imagine, from other broadcasters, such as Gary Cohen with, uh, well, the Mets Broadcasting Network. During a recent game at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Kevin, during his opening, talked about how the Orioles had had trouble winning in the past at Tropicana Field, but that they were doing better this year. That was really all he said. And for that, the Baltimore Orioles management decided to suspend Kevin Brown. Let me just say one thing to Baltimore Orioles management. You draped yourself in humiliation when you fired John Miller, and you're doing it again. And if you don't want Kevin Brown, there are 29 other teams who do. It's a 
horrendous decision by the Orioles. I don't know what they were thinking, but they've gotten exactly the reaction that they deserve. And it's just a shame because the Orioles are playing so well, and now they've diverted attention from that and now made themselves a laughing stock. <laughs> pretty facts. Pretty fiery take right Gosh. there from one Gary Cohen. I mean, it's been a lot of fun this season for Baltimore Orioles. You don't want to have – Orioles need to come out and say something. Well, first of all, they need to reinstate him. And uh, basically they just need to say, we made a mistake. The, the only thing they have is a tweet from 21 – or yeah, it's been a day now, but they put like a graphic of roster moves and the <laughs> comment section. You got there's ratio like to oblivion. 1,500 just comments. Oh, my God. <laughs> free, hashtag free Kevin Brown. Orioles organization is full of a bunch of soft leaders. What a bunch of crap. That's from the uh, 918. So that's, uh, you know, interestingly enough, not the baseball itself, but the suspension of Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown has. It's taken on a life of its own, Connor. Yeah, I just – I don't understand this. And the color guy, who's – is it, is it McDonald? Uh, ben McDonald, yes. I believe that I was Ronald he, McDonald. <laughs> just kidding. I wonder if he uh, – yeah. if Does he have to take a break too? Or I don't know how that works for the Baltimore Or, I don't know, broadcast. anybody that put it in the media notes or put was the in the production up. truck or worked on any of this? Because you know when, yeah, you know when you're up there at the pro level broadcasting. <laughs> I mean, you follow graphics. I mean, when you have a graphic up, you're going to talk about it. And Gary Cohen was right in the sense that it's just, it's stupid to do this now because Baltimore seventy and forty two, they lead the American League East by three games. They've won four in a row. They're eight and two in their last ten. And uh, now probably players are going to get asked about something that. Really, they could care less about. Exactly. They don't care what's going on in the broadcast booth. Yeah, everything's going good for Baltimore. Then you do something like that. Now you have everybody talking negative to- toward you. Yeah, just uh, not not really all that great. Which, uh, of course, brings us to uh, big story number four. Number four. In the world of college football, the University of Georgia, This this will be big-time news, and – strike up some talking points. Georgia has fired the football recruiting staffer who survived a January crash that, of course, killed player Devin uh, Willock and another recruiting staffer less than a month after she filed a lawsuit against the university's athletic association. The school issued a a statement saying Victoria Bowles was dismissed because she refused to cooperate with an internal investigation regarding the crash. Uh, Bowles' attorneys claim that she is being retaliated against for filing the lawsuit, which also names former Georgia player and first-round NFL draft pick Jalen Carter. The January 15th crash, which occurred just hours after uh, the national championship parade, uh, killed Willock and the driver of the uh, Ford Expedition, Chandler LaCroix. So uh, this is probably not a... Not not something that you're going to see any resolution to anytime soon, and uh, obviously is is about to get pretty messy. I would say, but uh, that was a bad situation for Georgia. Yeah, literally right after the national championship game. Which, uh, by the way, we're backtracking a little bit here to big story number five. We're going to have to find seven three one. The seven three one area code says Mad Dog going off 
about the uh, Orioles suspension was actually pretty great. So, yeah, we're probably going to have to try and find that audio. Don't, don't worry about it for, for just now, uh, Connor, but we'll, we'll try and procure said audio. will probably be pretty uh, entertaining. We might want to air check that one, uh, given that it's on Sirius XM. Check for some language. Yeah, I don't know if uh, you know. I don't know if Mad Dog's typically in the ballpark of. He gets fired up though. Well, if he's regularly using adult language, but that might be something we're gonna have to uh, double check there. So interesting news out of Georgia, where there's a lawsuit that's been filed from one of the staffers that was involved in the fatal car crash, and uh, obviously after the lawsuit, now has been fired for reportedly refusing to cooperate with an internal investigation into the crash for a Georgia team that, you know, Hey, let's, let's transition here into big story. Number three, number three for a Georgia team that as we look at the coaches poll that dropped yesterday, the, the preseason coaches poll, this is Georgia's ranked number one. And they're followed by Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, and LSU. We'll get to that in just a moment. Distracting. I mean, just one extra thing for this group of players and coaches to have to be thinking about, talking about, dealing with. Yeah, it could be. There's been so many problems just off the field. Not even talking about what they uh, do from a football standpoint. But, yeah, just a lot of problems off the field and problems that you you just got to talk about, especially to the media. Georgia, by the way, trying to join Minnesota from back in, what, the 30s, 40s, whatever it may be, as the last team in college football to three-peat. So this has, you know, not been done, and Georgia's got a chance to do that, and they're dealing with uh, all of this mess. The rest of the uh, USA Today Sports AFCA coaches poll, one through five, again, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, six through ten, USC, Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, Tennessee, and let's see. You know, somehow yesterday, as I was looking at this, it never registered for me that TCU is, in fact, a Big 12 team. So as I was going through this coaches poll, I think I said on air, you got Texas uh, top-ranked out of the Big 12, then you got K-State completely overlooked TCU. Forgot about TCU. What, where, where are they at again? Stop me if I'm, uh, stop me if I'm the first to ever overlook TCU. <laughs> But, uh, no, TCU was 16. 16. 16 in this poll. So, Texas 12, TCU 16, Kansas State 17, Oklahoma 19, Texas Tech 24. So, what is that? Five, five teams in the Big 12. Five did, you expect, did you expect that, man, to have five teams in that poll? Um, I mean, we Maybe. Talk- I, I didn't expect TCU to be 16. I would have thought they would have been down there with Texas Tech on the uh, – you know, in the 20 to 25 range, just sneaking into the poll, I wouldn't have thought that they were comfortably in, and I definitely, you know, would not have ranked them ahead of K-State. But uh, that's that's where they're at. The coaches have them 16. Yeah, we talk about how the Big 12's going to be down, but they do got five teams in it. Kansas State, a team that we know made the Big 12 uh, championship a year ago. Texas Tech, a team that's on the come up. They're going to be a team to watch out for. Baylor in the receiving votes section. Let's see, Oklahoma Kansas, State. Didn't Kansas get a vote? Kansas, uh, let's see, one vote. Yeah, one vote for Kansas. So they are, yes, in the others receiving votes section. You've also got uh, out of the Big 12, Houston and BYU. So what is that? 
Kansas, BYU, Houston, Oklahoma State, Baylor. So five in the receiving votes section, five ranked in the uh, preseason USA Today sports coaches poll. And, of course, most importantly for us is Oklahoma at number 19. Not a bad spot to be at 19. Feels like a good spot, right, for Oklahoma? I mean, Not, I, not too high, not too low. I said it yesterday. Oklahoma's coming off a 6-7 and seven season. They were largely terrible defensively. The, the numbers uh, bear that out. Were there a couple of good moments here and there? Sure. But generally speaking, Oklahoma was a bad defensive football team in Brent Venable's uh, first season at the helm. You expect that to improve, but hey, to some degree, and in large part, the preseason polls, it's what did we see most recently, and that's that's why TCU's 16, and it's why Oklahoma's number 19. There's talent. People are excited about the possibility for Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel as a returning quarterback has as much or more production than anybody in college football and has a chance to finish as one of the decorated passers in college football history. So that's a good start, though we have some internal gripes about accuracy and can he elevate his play in key moments. Still, it's it's a good starting point for Dylan Gabriel in terms of production. Skill guys, okay, question marks there. Running backs? Probably pretty excited about that group. Offensive tackles replacing both. Chris Murray replacing Murray. So there's reasons on the offensive line to look at the situation and say, hmm, some question marks for Oklahoma. And then, again, defensively, you've got Danny Stutzman as the Big 12's returning leading tackler, but across the board, plenty to ask about for Oklahoma. And, again, it's a unit that just flat out wasn't good a season ago. So am I – frustrated Oklahoma at 19 no I think it's about right no it's a good spot to be and they look at the transfers coming in you're getting some a lot of help and I feel a lot better up front on the defensive line we talk about the size that the guys are putting on uh, from Todd Bates five guys at uh, over 300 pounds which that's that is a great sign uh, to see because though you lacked size on the defensive line last year earth moving girth that's what we talked about yesterday thank you Todd Bates moving girth I'm putting, uh, to some degree, words in his mouth, but it was something to that effect, that in order to move people on this earth, you got to have girth. girth. And Oklahoma's got five guys now, uh, over 300 pounds. And big and bulky. They only had the one. Only had the one last season, so uh, that is good. What are your thoughts about Oklahoma at 19 in the preseason coaches poll? Does... Uh, does that upset anybody? I don't think so, right? I mean, I think everybody, for the most part, kind of gets it. And, oh, by the way, in 2000, uh, Oklahoma right there, 19-20 in that, that keep, Yeah, keep getting that brought up. Had a lot of that yesterday. Big story, numero dos. Number two. ACC? Cal? Stanford? What? <laughs> what is going on? Well, uh, college football realignment musical chairs are going on college football it's like uh whose line is it anyway where the name of the school and the location of the school doesn't matter and uh the points don't matter either right nothing is uh nothing actually makes sense anymore in college football apparently the acc is legitimately talking about the exploration of adding cal and stanford again to me we'll see about whether or not this does anything in the way of 
reopening a negotiation window to uh, ESPN for the ACC, or if this is you know going to get you any more money. It's fascinating. If nothing else, I don't know that it's going to accomplish all of that for you, but uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, Stanford, Cal, neither one's been good at football of late, and what? Stanford's got more national championships than anybody, just in general, right, yeah. all sports included, but right now, they're not drawing eyeballs in football. It does get you into California, and it does get you, if you're the ACC, television windows from start to finish. Yeah, and for Cal, I mean, it doesn't really draw you anything to what California has done these past years. It's been a long time. It is fascinating, if nothing else. It is uh, a little bit jarring thinking about Cal and Stanford playing in the ACC. Sooner or later, we'll be forgetting uh, what conferences these teams are in. I love this, too. I'm going to have to get this cut queued up for next uh, segment here after the break will Notre Dame football join Cal Stanford and talks to join the ACC no <laughs> probably not but I guess uh, Greg McElroy was answering that question for ESPN in uh, response to this news with Cal and Stanford you know what if they can pull that off then okay yeah the TV deal is going to go up and probably Notre Dame would would make more money, I would assume, right? Being a full time member in the ACC. Well, Notre Dame, yeah. I mean, because they've been playing, yeah, been playing the ACC and some other sports, basketball. Breaking news from five eight zero Nate. By the way, uh, breaking news presented by Wagner's Heating and Air. ACC's also considering adding uh, Hogwarts <laughs> to uh, the conference portfolio. Just looking for anybody. It's just just crazy, man. I'll believe it when I see it with uh, Cal and Stanford to the ACC just because of even though, again, nothing really makes sense anymore in terms of who's playing where, Cal Stanford to the ACC would be the furthest departure out of any of the departures we've had so far. But that's the the big buzz, right? The latest in realignment is what's going to happen there, and we'll see. I mean, it doesn't feel like there's much momentum for anything for either Oregon State or Washington State. They're just uh, the two ugly ducklings. See if we get some more confirmed realignment before the season starts. And according to uh, our friends on the text line, the uh, early reports out of one Portland, Oregon, is fire and brimstone for Oregon State and Washington (laughs) State, which, hey, you know, uh, makes sense to me. All of which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. The top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino. My friends, they've got the best reels in the Metro Happy Hour Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m., conveniently located off I-44, exit 107. 14 table games, blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Backrat, NewcastleCasino.com. What is the number one story of the day? Well, it's Oklahoma camp, duh. Football camp underway at OU, and uh, we got all sorts of audio that we can still pass along and share with you, kick it around with you. It's the Plank Show. Let's take a break. Hour number three right here on The Ref. This is the home of Sooner fans. Was Jock Jams after your time? Oh, uh uh-oh. He's on the phone. Uh, Hour number three brought to us by Mop and Roofing. 
They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing serving all of Oklahoma, and they've been in business for over 35 years. 405-703-3843. We're back with you. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, it's always yours out there every single day from the 405. Oklahoma will be 5-0 going into the Texas game and ranked close to number 10 heading into the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I mean, just based on general, you know, attrition, I guess, if you will, or folks losing as you go along, they, yeah, would would climb the rankings, I would assume. Top 10 for the, the Cotton Bowl if they're they're undefeated. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, especially if uh, you go out and play well. There's not uh, not anything necessarily on paper, though, that will be particularly impressive for Oklahoma to that point. I mean, nothing in the non-conference. Arkansas State, SMU, at Tulsa, at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not supposed to be one of the Big 12 contenders. Iowa State, uh, need I remind you, Iowa State is, well, they're not going to have their starting quarterback, we don't think, as Hunter Deckers is right in the midst of a, a uh, gambling well, issue, gambling investigation. Yeah, and it, I mean, doesn't sound like he's going to play college football maybe ever again. So, long story short, you tell me, Oklahoma's 5-0 and going into the Cotton Bowl. How much have they moved up in the rankings? I mean, a couple of spots just because – you know, the competition. It, now, if OU looks games. really, really good at Cincinnati and Iowa State, and you know, blows each of those two opponents out, okay, well, maybe. And then I, I don't know, just other teams losing, you should be knocking on the door of the uh, the top ten. But you're definitely not impressing anyone in terms of who you beat along the way before Texas. Yeah, it just matters if you roll through those first five games or have a little hiccup. Uh, struggle, but get the win over Cincinnati and Iowa State. But I think it's a pretty good chance for Oklahoma to go 5-0 and heading to Red River. It's just that at-Cincinnati uh, game for me. Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000 is the number to call. And Sean has dialed us up. Sean, what's up? Uh, good morning. Well, good morning, Josh. You and Connor are doing a great job as usual. I, a couple of things real quick. One – Maybe you can help me out here, but who exactly is it that's disrespecting Oklahoma with this ranking, and uh, why are we having a chip on our shoulder about this ranking? Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that that's the case this go around. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You go six and seven a season ago, and defensively, you have as many problems as you had. I mean, you should have a chip on your shoulder in general because you went 6-7, and seven, not because you're ranked number 19. Yeah, you're 19 simply because of what you have been. So, uh, but I, you're talking about Notre Dame, and this always reminds me of the great the fantasy that Arkansas was going to leave the SEC and join the Big 12. Uh, Notre Dame just signed – I think it was 60. It may have been a $65 million deal. Is that right? Because I'm looking at a story. This is from June 28th. I'm looking at a story that Notre Dame wants a $65 million to $75 million deal. 
I remember them getting it. I think they got 60. And when you look at Notre Dame's situation, of course, they're 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 in the ACC and all other sports, so they're getting their basketball cut from being in the ACC. Your scheduling is taken care of. They're playing five football games in the ACC, and so that leaves them seven games to do their traditional rivalries. Uh, they just signed a massive deal with Under Armour. I don't think Notre Dame is joining a conference. They're not hurting, you don't think, financially, not feeling the squeeze the way others think, uh, out there are. I think, no, and they're keeping it all themselves. I think they got their cut. I mean, I I think NBC agreed with them or agreed to a new deal. I know they agreed to a new deal with them. I remember reading that or I remember hearing about that. But anyway, yeah, they're fine. Matter of fact, they're probably in a great position. Well, so I don't it, think they're joining anybody. I'm still trying to find the finalized report that they have gotten their new deal as I'm looking here. But I know that they're definitely targeting the latest report that I'm seeing here is from Dennis Dodd on July 18th that they're targeting 75 million. And, uh, you know, even better. A year before that, they had wanted 60 million. So, you know, even, uh, you know, Notre Dame getting 50 a year from just its own deal is probably going to be enough for them to say, you know what, whatever. Yeah. That That's that's more than enough. Well, because you get to keep it all. But what the other thing, and I think Plank had touched on this, and it's like just looking at the Big 12, I think it's great that you're – I mean, you're what you're doing is you're adding teams to be the conference that – I mean, that survives. But where exactly is more money going to come from? For the Big 12? Right. Where is more money? Like, does ESPN have any more money? Well, and that that will be a concern. And, you know, the Pac-12 has just gotten crushed for this thing, right? Because obviously it fell apart. And they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clive Koff brought the Apple TV streaming deal to the table, which, you know, I think the biggest problem they ran into is the base was too low, right? The base was 23, right. and then, oh, some counter-negotiations per uh, per the athletic that they got it up to $25 million. And then there was the idea that with the subscriber model, if they got to 1.7 million subscribers, all of a sudden they'd be making as much or more than the Big 12's reported $31.7 million per year payout. And on and on and on, you keep climbing up, all of a sudden you're making more. The problem was the base, right? Like if you had, if for some, you know, Apple TV deal here, they said, okay, the base is 35 million. Don't you think the PAC 12 survives plus the subscriber pool that, that you could have brought in as well? Maybe, but you're still, if you read the numbers correctly at 35, you're still at the end of the day going to be approximately 60 million less than what the SEC and big 10 are making. At the at the height of those deals, projecting forward, right? You're, yeah, you're still going to be making significantly less. That's the problem. The excuse me, the ACC and the Big Twelve are going to run into. I mean, but I, I yeah, I maybe I've read some stuff where this we keep talking about cord cutting and streaming, and streaming may not be the savior people think it is, but well, not if Apple a, TV's at, you know tossing right. out a twenty three million dollar well, base. I'll tell you right now, there are backup quarterbacks making more than what 
Pac-12 teams were getting in their payout. In the <laughs> no, NFL. that's right. That's yeah. that's exactly so, right. But anyway, but uh, uh, no, it's it's. I can't believe you've you've got to think. I mean, to me, from a marketing standpoint, if you were the let's say the Mountain West, you just take. I mean, if they'll do it, you just take those four teams. And I, wouldn't you not just take over the name Pac-12 just from a marketing deal or Pac whatever Pacific Coast Conference? You because know, the name that's got that's got that that name still has value. It has some clout in and sure. of itself. Even though yeah, even so. though you, I, and everybody else knows that it's not Correct. you know your daddy or your granddaddy's Pac-12 or Pac-8 or Pac-10. Right. To some degree, sure. It uh, it removes a little bit of the stigma, right? That's been historically attached to say a Mountain West being a right. group of five league, right. even though you know a lot of people are going to say, yeah, it's still a group of five league. It's it's uh, strange times, and just like NIL, this is a uh, careful what you wish for, you've gotten it, and uh, the unintended consequences could end up being brutal. So I suggest we all enjoy this season. And I would suggest we, <laughs> to uh, the ACC powers that be, don't get caught up in the idea that you're getting Notre Dame because yeah, I don't think you're getting Notre 100%. Dame. And I don't care what the contract 100%. language says. If they go to a big, big league, it's going to be in the Big Ten. If, but I don't. But I wouldn't. If I was the Big Ten, I wouldn't expect them to be uh, joining anytime soon. No, so, no. Anyway, hey, thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, man. Yep, yeah. Appreciate the phone call, Sean. We uh, we're do a break. Yes, uh, best I can tell. Notre Dame, yeah, still in negotiations for its new deal, which that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I don't think they're getting $75 million annually as an independent, though. Notre Dame's quite a draw, and we know that – we know – I mean, maybe I, maybe they can. Is Notre Dame worth that value individually just because we hear that Notre Dame would be the one school, right, that could increase maybe? The value of a deal for a Big Ten, definitely for an SEC, on and on and on. So if that's the case, I guess if those schools are getting paid out that type of amount annually, then I understand where Notre Dame would say, well, if we're going to increase those deals, why the heck would we not individually just get paid that amount? So that'll be fascinating to watch how those negotiations unfold. I don't I don't see Notre Dame signing on for the ACC. I think they got the deal that they want, which is a partial partial partnership in terms of the the football and in basketball and so on and uh, obviously they get to remain an independent but hey we're doing a break back to the OU practice conversation plus more of your text messages out there I see softball Steve you've checked in uh, on Maxwell we can dive into that next it's the plank show hour number three back with you in a moment home stretching it on a Tuesday right here home Asuna fans taking you toward the lunch hour it's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Hour number three, presented by Mop and Roofing. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Mop and Roofing. Where eh, you need to get things checked out or the weather's been wrecking a little havoc. Again, they got you covered, Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, bonded. Mop and Roofing, serving all of Oklahoma, has been in business for over 35 years. 405-703-3843. Who's going to be the backup center? Be the Appalachian State kid, wouldn't it? Well, Troy Everett, you know, I think he's working at guard. Oh, he's working at – okay. I mean, I, I think he, you know, probably working a little bit of both, I guess. But Anderson, right? Nate Anderson? Yeah. I mean, it's important to have a really good backup behind Rame 
which he, I mean, he's a really good center as it is. But you want to have a, you know, you always want to have a pretty good two deep. Yeah. Well, they they need options and they need you know somebody to if it's rain because he's long time you know long time player there and started for Oklahoma. It's time for him to take the take the big steps. Uh, what about? A little bit more from Jaron Canick. Last year was uh, important for Jaron Canick, and now all of a sudden the the big learning curve is over. Here was what Jaron Canick had to say. Last year was was a big you know learning curve for me, especially coming out of high school and not playing very much defense at all. You know, it was, uh, I had a lot a lot of the mental aspect to, to make up for, but you know, it's just the extra time that the linebackers have spent in the form room and trying to get that holistic understanding. You know, we've we made a lot of a lot of steps and came a long way. Obviously, getting experience last year, getting on the field in some facet was probably good. But how much do you feel like your game took a step this summer? Just learning, being around Danny every day, and getting in the film room, things like it's, that. It's night and day. You know, last year it was I was kind of just surviving out there yeah. you know I'd, uh, I was flying around trying to do what I could but I didn't really have the full mental understanding but you know just this summer and you know even through the winter starting the winter coming through the summer just you know getting those reps and, and summer reps and just trying to learn and getting meetings with the linebackers trying to get a mental understanding of it just it made a huge impact and a huge difference in my game today. how much has it helped up front just getting some of these new guys in there the transfers and then obviously guys that came back this year yeah, yeah it helped a lot you know we, we, we had like I think it was like 69 new guys that, that were on the roster last year you know we're, we're super excited about a lot of those guys coming in and they really helped just build that Somebody uh, texted earlier that Jaron Canick talks like he plays fast. Well, he does play fast. It, I, it, it, it was a lot for him last year, you know, coming out of high school, especially in playing in Brent Venable's defense. I mean, it's a lot for a young kid like that. Uh, but he did learn a lot. What did Brent Venable say? I mean, he did a lot of good things on the field, but he still doesn't know, you know, what he's doing out there. Nate Anderson, Josh Bates, a couple of names, right, to uh, think about at uh, center. Could Troy Everett – I mean, is, is he working there a little bit too? I kind of thought he was a guard with Schaefer, but uh, center is uh, center is interesting to think about. Well, and you can have a backup center. You can also have a really good guard that uh, versatile, and he can move over to center when he needs to. So because I teased it, and then we'll, as we go out the door, maybe talk a little to Son McCullough. Uh, Justin Harrington, by the way, met with the media yesterday as well, so we can hear uh, from Cheetahs Squared. But Softball Steve says, let's see here. Have you, have you looked? Wait for it. Littering and, littering and from the 405. Oh, come on. Well, Inter- oh, there we go. Internet doesn't want to play along, does have, it? Have you looked at OU softball portal? Maxwell to the Sooners, right? Another All-American for Gasso's superpower posse. Well, I, I don't know if we can use that. <laughs> I don't know if we can use that uh, last word after, I don't know, who, who was it? Was it LeBron James that, that got in trouble or somebody to LeBron James? I don't remember how that played out. But, uh, yes, Oklahoma, obviously, massive pickup with Maxwell to the Sooners and you think about what the the landscape was in terms of the transfer portal post Jordy Ball's decision to leave and, and head home for Nebraska and really there was there was Elena Vodder and there was Kelly Maxwell and you tell me I mean I would say Maxwell based on the track record and having faced the Bass of Oklahoma on a regular basis and oh by the way uh, with great regularity now being the lead arm, the lead force in the circle on the biggest stage in the sport in the Women's College World Series for Oklahoma State, 
to me, given the pick, probably I'm, I'm taking Maxwell, though you really would have felt great with either one of the two yeah. big names, Vodder or Maxwell. But Oklahoma got Maxwell to go along with uh, Peyton Monticelli, to go along with Carly Keeney, to go along with what you already had in Nicole May, who, again, has a ton of experience, ton of production, and you've got a rising uh, arm again in Kirsten Deal. And, oh, by the way, uh, before I get in trouble <laughs> with any of the softball fans out there, you've got S.J. Guerin. So they're in a really good spot, softball, Steve. And, yes, the, the superpower keeps chugging along. The three-time defending national champion. I said it when the first news broke, of course, when we were living it, I think – what plank was out that week too every time plank's out something some, happens something big happens and anyways in uh each of uh well in that instance it wasn't great news for oklahoma typically it feels like it's we usually get a some some helping of good news but uh, in that instance it wasn't necessarily great news obviously it wasn't great news with jordy ball going to nebraska but uh, i said it then and i you know genuinely believed it that even if oklahoma didn't make a move even if it was just Nicole May and Kirsten Deal needs to get better, needs to get better, needs to get better, S.J. Guerin, Oklahoma to me was the favorite based on what they had in terms of the experience and the lineup. Well, I, I said it then too, Oklahoma's going to attract players because guess what? It's Oklahoma softball. They've won all these national championships. As Jordy Ball exits, Somebody's going to want to come be a part of this thing, and sure enough, guess what happens? Oklahoma got three, not one, three pitchers out of the portal, and they got one of the the two biggest names out of the portal. So, yeah, OU's going to be fine, and if they weren't the the favorite, which I think they were after Ball left, well, now they're back to being the clear-cut, no doubt about it, national championship softball favorite. Well, just talking about the circle, I thought they were already you know set in really good shape. Uh, especially when you got that transfer coming in, Monticelli. Now you add an All-American to what is already going to be a stacked team for Oklahoma uh, next season. That's what OU softball does. It drags or it brings in so many players who want to be a part of this winning culture. We'll do one final T.O., and let's hear a little bit from Desan McCullough before we call it a day. A couple of final cleanups on the text line. Appreciate you, the Ref Army, every stinking day bringing the heat. And uh, you can continue to listen to us worldwide for free. It's easy. It's easy, baby. Just download the KREF app, K-R-E-F. Search K-R-E-F wherever you uh, get your apps. If it's the Apple Store or if it's the uh, Google Play Store, you can download us for free and listen again worldwide. Take us with you anywhere you go. It's the Plank Show. Back in a moment right after this. Wow. Might be time to start streaming over on Max. Little Sopranos. Nice way to end uh, the show. Max is a great app to have. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not bad. HBO's uh, good stuff. Hey, they would have gotten a deal done for the Pac-12 if they wanted. One hundred percent, they would have. Uh, they would have gotten it done. But you know what? HBO probably doesn't. Uh, not in the business of bad business. Uh, probably wouldn't have been involved in that. Okay, one text before we get out the door from Jimmy, and this was this is good. Heard another network talking how Oklahoma in ten years could end up middle of the road in the SEC. I guess anything's possible. But why did some Oklahoma local people talk down more now about the team? They've got better players. Some spots in uh, in the two deep, but they've got better players. 
I mean, it's just, I guess, the unknown of it all. But if you're saying middle of the road in terms of Oklahoma's behind Florida, Tennessee, Auburn, Arkansas, like everybody, I just don't see it. Now, Oklahoma getting to where Georgia and Alabama have been, okay, because we haven't seen Oklahoma win a title since 2000. I think it's fair for anybody to have concerns there. But Oklahoma's been in that next tier down. They haven't been a middle-of-the-road SEC program in uh, in the Big 12. They've been a nationally competitive program. So, save for last season, where it was your first losing season in uh, a quarter century, I just, you know, to me, I'm going to have to see more bad before I don't expect really good in the SEC. And I think the recruiting's already indicated to you that there's uh, there's positives for Oklahoma with this move. So... Yeah, and the recruiting's going to be just fine. It's going to take... Recruiting's going to be better. Another level, yeah, when you get to the SEC. It already has been better. But, look, uh, you know, fighting that fight is a... (laughs) It's a losing fight right now because it's all hypothetical. So, we're all about to find out soon enough. I I don't suspect that OU's just going to be an also-ran in the SEC. I expect this program to compete for SEC championships. And I think that's the expectation at OU, obviously, too. But, hey, that's it for us. I wanted to play Desan McCullough, but that text from Jimmy took us home. For Connor, Connor, appreciate you. Have a wonderful day. For the Ref Army, appreciate all of y'all every single day. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, don't go anywhere. Steelman and Thune at noon next.